Hello, and welcome to the EuroWhat, episode 70 for the week of December 30th, 2019. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week, we'll be wrapping up the 2010s at Eurovision. How's it going, Ben? Uh, It's good. It's kind of weird to be recording this one because it's not actually this week. Mm -hmm. This episode has come unstuck in time. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Uh, but that, but that's how. On the on the plus side, it means that we are probably off enjoying our holidays. Yes, uh, at least that's the plan. Uh, so yeah, that, that uh, is the plan. Yes. Uh, so we're recording this a couple weeks ahead of time, uh, since it is the holidays, and since it is the end of the decade, we thought that we should probably do some sort of retrospective. Yeah, it it, it does seem to be in vogue on all of the publications and such. Yes. Yes. Uh, so we're not doing any sort of news desk this week. We're going to be going back to dropping episodes weekly so we'll get caught up on albania's selection and any other happenings that have happened uh, <laughs> in the last week or so so <laughs> just knowing how the the end of this year has gone in terms of eurovision news news is definitely happening but we will cover it later yes i'm, I'm sure as soon as this episode goes live like 15 countries will make their selections and uh we we may regret this decision uh at the time but we'll cross that it, bridge it, when it, we get to it it's fine <laughs> surprise everybody we're doing another bracket the second week of january Whee! Uh- <laughs> yeah so what we wanted to do for this retrospective, we could have done, like, what were the 10 best Eurovisions of 2010? It's like, eh, nah. I, I, I was a guest on the podcast List Envy, where we'll be talking about that. Don't worry, we'll be sending out links for that. And then I was just like, well, what, we could do our 10 favorite songs from the decade, but I feel like that's, that's an easy way of going about it. The, well, the, yeah, and I feel like... A lot of other places are going to be doing that, and there's definitely more interesting angles to approach things from. Yeah, yeah, especially because like this episode should be dropping right before the ESC 250 countdown happens, so you should listen to that tonight, and then yeah, uh, you should you should listen to that. I definitely voted for it. Yes, and I mean that's where we put our top ten. So yeah, that that's no fun. So uh, what we thought would be kind of fun would be to go year by year and pick a song that competed at Eurovision but didn't make it to the grand final. So these would be our favorite songs of the non-qualifiers. Granted, that's going to leave out some countries. It's going to leave out the Big Five. It's going to leave out Ukraine. It's going to leave out Australia. And it will also leave out countries that were supposed to compete, but didn't end up for... For reasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So those songs also aren't on the table. But yeah, we've got 20 songs that uh, we're going to talk through. And we'll just... uh, I don't know. I, I think counting it down backwards makes the most yeah, sense. Yeah, like going backwards in time feels fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially since, like, particularly with this podcast, we've talked a lot about 2019 and 2018. We, yeah, so. we've talked so much about 2019. And what was nice for me is that the way that I pay attention to the contest in 2019 is very different from the way I was paying attention to the contest in, say, 2010 and 2011. Mm-hmm. So I found it very nice to go back to those years and... With the more analytical eye I now have for this, because I do this for a podcast, kind of go back to those songs and think about them for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get started with our picks for 2019. Uh, I'll I'll go first. And I decided to go with Hungary's entry from Yossi Papai, Azina Palm. I 
I still think this is a really good song. I, I still stand hungry, even with the like homosexual flotilla nonsense that came up a few weeks ago. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I, I just think this is a really beautiful vocal and mm-hmm. a song where the message of the song communicates very clearly, even if you don't speak Hungarian. And I think this one just missed out because the staging was not great it just was was kind of weird yeah yeah like i i liked this one i thought that the song was very pretty but yeah like i think the staging kind of sunk this one Mm -hmm. on the other hand i feel like anytime an artist comes back to eurovision it's kind of more of an uphill climb for them i think that's fair there are a number of eligible entries uh uh for this particular episode that were from returning artists uh like i'm thinking and like returning winners of the contest so ben what was your pick my pick was Croatia's entry this year, so yeah. Roko's The Dream. I dream of love. You dream of love. Angels of God. We all dream of love. This one did not grab me at first. Like, I... When, when it first kind of debuted, I was like, okay, this is kind of over the top in a way that Croatia likes to go, mm-hmm. especially given that this was Jacques Hudak, whose previous entry. I mean, I, I got it the end, but like it took me a while to get there. And like this one, I really liked the final presentation of it in the contest. I understood the story they were trying to tell at the staging. Uh, and also, I just thought that he had a really good voice. I totally agree, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I think this is—I think this is a great pick. Just thinking how we just talked about returning artists, like I would love to see him try again. Absolutely, oddly, I think the staging—I don't know what it is with Angel, like why why angels are s- such a common theme at Eurovision because it never seems to work. It's—it's it's not a theme that works. I—I I th- I think his vocal at the uh, semifinal was fantastic, especially with the angel animations and like the live action yes. angels. So, like <laughs> just <laughs> with the very. Uh... Pucci went to his home planet uh, yes. visuals yeah. of the angels returning to heaven. <laughs> well, just and like the mashup of that, and then admittedly in the final performance, it was much more toned down, and there was like a story to it. It made sense, mm-hmm. but like all of the previous stagings of the song, uh, I, I kept returning to uh, just like beauty school dropout from Greece, just mm-hmm. because you have like the white, the biker jacket with with the wings, and it just it's very, it's very beauty school dropout. Yeah, I th- I think with the rehearsal clips that they selected to show on YouTube, like during Eurovision week, I think it really added confusion rather than just being like, oh, Croatia's got something cooked up. It's just like, wait, what? What is going to happen? Ugh, okay, and well, like see, what, seeing what the final, doing? okay, yeah, seeing the final product, it's like, oh, okay, it now makes sense. But there were a lot of me- unnecessary mental gymnastics. I felt, but yes, yeah, uh, all in all, a good song. I I, I like this choice. I think that kind of ties over to like what I selected for 2018 as well, if we want to kind of move on to that. Sure. Okay, so for 2018, I selected Romania's entry, uh, The Humans with Goodbye. I hear you cry. In the moment, I remember being very confused by the performance on this one just because of how they had, like, all of the mannequins in the staging. But going back to just the song on its own, like, it's a very powerful 
kind of power ballad mm-hmm. for them. And I really like I like that. I like I like that little thread of of Eurovision that we get a good power ballad every so often. Yeah, I agree. And I I thought the mannequins effect was kind of cool. I understand why uh other folks were kind of creeped out by it cuz yeah, mannequins are creepy. Uh we we have all seen that one episode of Doctor Who. So <laughs> But I think it also works well as a way to have additional bodies on stage without violating the six people on stage rule. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I I think they were really effective in uh how how they executed that. This is one of the the rare entries for Romania that hasn't made it through. Mhm. And like I think, and like in the last couple of years, they've been they've been struggling, but they've been trying interesting things. So I, I I appreciate that even when they fail. That kind of dovetails nicely with my pick because 2018 was the first year that Romania missed the final, and it was also the first year that Azerbaijan missed the final, and that was my pick. Uh, ISIL's "Cross My Heart." I was so looking forward to Isil's entry as soon as she was announced as an artist, uh, just because she has this just beautiful jazz voice styling, beautiful vocal tone. And this this song felt a little bit outside of her, I guess, normal genre of music. But I thought she delivered it well. It was just, first of all, like the first semifinal was a tough semifinal that year. Mm-hmm. The top three overall, uh, Israel, Cyprus, and Austria, were all in that semifinal, so that was going to make it difficult. Uh, Azerbaijan was first in the lineup. And it's always tough to start the show. Exactly. And there were just some weird camera choices that really took the air out of the performance, where there was just like this one overhead shot where you're seeing everybody scrambling from, okay, we were in this position, now we all need to get into this position. It's like, oh, why why did this suddenly turn into a StageCraft 101 class? And mm-hmm. I didn't think that there was anything wrong with the performance, and I was genuinely surprised that Azerbaijan didn't advance. Yeah, like that one, that was a surprise to me because they are, they are very consistent. They tend to always go through. Mm-hmm. This is the one time they have not qualified. I, I think the song itself never quite clicked for me. Like I recall multiple times in the process of talking about this song, uh, talking about it, uh, soundtracking a jewelry ad. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the Cross My Heart collection from K Jewelers. Yes. <laughs> which, I mean, you can get that contract. Which, honestly, <laughs> like, that's still on the table. That's mm-hmm. still on the table. I would, like, you can still pick that up. Yeah. The pieces somehow didn't click together into a, a unified whole because they were doing interesting things with the staging. And this song felt, I, I agree with you, this felt like a weird sidestep from, like, what we had known going into the contest when they had named her their artist. They bounced back this year, so ho- hopefully uh, Azerbaijan's on the mend. Looking at recent trends, like, they've had their best placement in years this year, yep. so they may have kind of figured out whatever special sauce they were they were missing these last few. Maybe they just needed to suffer defeat to, like, rise from the ashes, so. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to 2017, and my pick for this one uh, comes from Latvia. Uh, it's Triana Park's line. And I am still shocked that they finished in last place. 
I think part of the reason why I was so floored by that was uh, 2017 was the first contest that I uh, attended. And the photo of their performance, because uh, it, it was the band on stage and it was just like lit like a rock concert. And uh, one of the photos, which I'll uh, post on our Instagram, is one of my favorite photos. It's just like just the the color choices and the like the stage positioning, like they thought it through and it's just like, wow, this is just visually stunning. The song itself, I can sort of understand why it wouldn't click with people. It's not very strong lyrically, but the instrumentation on it is such an earworm. And mm-hmm. I thought that would have carried it through, but, and it was just kind of a sign of things to come for Latvia uh, since mm-hmm. that was the first of their new set of songs that just can't make it out of the semifinals i think i was similarly surprised because i really the visuals for this one are strong the the band is kind of doing some neon stuff Mm -hmm. it's very much playing into kind of the more of like a an edm trance sort of a a visual but yeah like i just wonder if there was just something that did not click with the general public on this one lyrically yeah there's not a lot going on but it's it's more of like a mood Mm -hmm. there's like a three minute mood that's going on and like the i i thought was it was fresh it was a side of pop that doesn't always get play at Eurovision. Right. And and maybe that was it. Maybe it was just like it was just a little too unfamiliar. And mood is a great way to describe it because there, there was a lot of mood in 2017 mm-hmm. and uh some of it resonated more than others. So <laughs> <laughs> just thinking of things that definitely resonated with me and I first saw them, but maybe didn't translate to the Eurovision stage. So that uh, I think that definitely describes my pick mm-hmm. for 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh because I picked Montenegro's entry from that year, yes. uh Slavko. <laughs> Kalezik's <laughs> space. I just remember watching the video for this one and digging it, and it was it was campy in a good way. Uh, it was just kind of over the top, and then. The, the energy of their live performance just kind of didn't match it here. And I think that part of that could just be uh, Montenegro doesn't have a ton of budget for this. Mm-hmm. Like they're sitting out next year because they decided we should uh, pay for our vehicle fleet instead. Mm-hmm. I remember watching the actual live performance of this and be like, there need to be like two backing dancers behind him. Yes. It was just him on stage. And this needed just something else on the screen behind him to kind of give it a little more of a push. One of the things that I love about this song is just that it is one of the filthiest songs at Eurovision in recent memory. Yeah, it was just like, oh, love it. And like he he is 100% committed to the performance, which uh, I truly appreciate. I think also part of the problem is that everybody who was going to vote for that song was probably in the room while it was being performed so <laughs> there's only yeah, so much influence yeah. you can have because the the wi-fi situation was not great the so. wi-fi is not the wi-fi situation <laughs> is not good uh you cannot have everybody who's super into that song in the room yeah yeah and and i totally agree that the stage performance like it, it needed something and like really two backing dancers with uh their own ball Gigantic and chain grade oh that yeah that would have been amazing but the hairography alone yes yes but that's definitely a performance that makes me appreciate what montenegro brings to the competition where it's like nope we are going to do our own thing it's just like yes please 
keep doing that. So. Please continue marching to the beat of your own drum. Uh, we enjoy the beat so much. Before we move on to uh, 2016, I just kind of want to give an honorable mention to Lithuania's entry, Reign of Revolution, uh, which was one of the inspirations uh, for this topic, where it came up on my playlist and was listening to it. It's like, wow, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in that song. And I I just didn't appreciate it at the time, but it 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 still holds up, uh, I, I think. But yeah, I, I didn't want to make it my pick for this one just because I wanted to get some geographic diversity. And uh, I've, I've got Lithuania coming up a little bit later in this list. So, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, just just wanted to make sure that they, they got the recognition that they deserved. Diving into 2016, my pick here, I think, was purely, I think, like for a lot of these, I had it down to like one or two, to like two or three songs mm-hmm. where... I waited for you to fill in your side of things so that I made sure that we weren't talking about the same song and that did not happen, which was great. Yeah. But then I also had to sit down and go, okay, which of these two? Okay. Uh, and like the one I picked, I picked just because of the the final stage performance. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Belarus song from 2016, Ivan Help You Fly... Like, the stage performance was just so good. <laughs> was it? <laughs> Okay, so good is good is maybe not the operative word here, but it was it was definitely a, a performance. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you want like, do you want to remind people like what the what the concept of the performance was? Uh, yes, he had there. There's like a lot of of projection video of just him without a whole lot of clothes on. And also wolves. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like going into it, we had like some sort of press release that wolves were going to be involved. And thankfully, we knew that uh, Eurovision does not allow live animals on stage. So it did not mean that someone was going to get mauled during the performance. But also, you're just like, what is going on? Yeah. Well, like it was it was presented as he's going to be naked and there are going to be wolves. And, it's like, and okay, also wolves. Yes. And it's like, okay, both of these sound kind of threatening in the presentation what is going on with this press release yeah (laughs) both of these are things that are not allowed on the eurovision stage so what is going to be happening yeah and like i i thought the way that they executed was fine and and like the song did end up growing on me uh after oh yeah no by the end of the season i was like rooting for it i was like okay this i I just really want this to come in 10th just so that on saturday when i have people over they can see this and go what the hell is going on right yeah Uh, unfortunately like his nerves man you could just feel it through the screen it's like oh just come on just pull through this pull through this and like it just it just didn't didn't land the dismount unfortunately good pick uh and also like what what, wolves is another motif at eurovision that i don't fully understand like i maybe we need like an angel wolf hybrid or or maybe that's what ivan was going for i don't know Uh, i I don't yeah (laughs) uh so my pick for 2016 comes from slovenia and manuela's blue and red This is such a solid pop song. 
Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of like pop country. We we kind of talked about this uh, a couple episodes back of like just mm-hmm. country being kind of a hard sell at Eurovision and not really either of our cups of tea. But this song, it, it did not fit with the landscape of the 2016 contest. Um, Agreed. But I think it like you could play it on the radio today and would fit it. It would fit right in. And you could also have played it on the radio in 2016. It's just like Eurovision was just not the proper home for that song. Eurovi- yeah, like Eurovision is not, in 2016 was not the place for like a, like a, probably like a 2013 Taylor Swift era mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like it's, it, this is a well written for, for that, for that specific micro genre of country. Like this is a very good one for that. And like, I don't know, it's been interesting looking at, the over the course of a decade how like what kind of places that country kind of wormed its its hooks into Mm -hmm. and and the varying degree of success that it had and the varying degree of success where because like a couple years before this you have you have the common linnets doing a much more kind of folk side of country Mm -hmm. and doing really well uh you have i think a year after a year or two after this you have uh waylon from the common linnets doing a different kind of country uh in a way that did make it to the final, but did not did not uh, win. Right. Uh, though though it may have presaged Old Town Road a little bit. Uh, just thinking Maybe, back to his yeah. lectures about crunking and such. But uh, but oh yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all all roads lead to Old Town Road. Yes, but I think also part of it was uh, just kind of looking through the songs that were in the second semifinal, uh, which is where uh, Slovenia was. The second semifinal was about being a little bit more adventurous in terms of like what works and what doesn't work at Eurovision and this song I think was just a little too standard it's not daring in its lyrics or presentation and that's not necessarily a bad thing it just doesn't work when you're in a competition you know so but this one this one's still a bop it still slaps it's still whatever the kids say so (laughs) whatever the kids say next year all right. Uh, shall we move on to 2015? Yes, let's. All right. So my pick uh, comes from the artist formerly known as the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia. Uh, it's Daniel Kazmakowski's Autumn Leaves. This is another really solid pop song in a contest that just was not designed for an entry like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the the first problem was North Macedonia, former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia. They chose way too early. Like, I remember at the time commenting, just like, oh, why are they choosing so early? And uh, looked up the date uh, before recording. They chose on November 12th, 2014. For, oh boy! Yeah, for a contest that was held at toward <laughs> the May. end of May. Yeah, it was it was a late contest that year, and it's like wow, that is uh, and particularly when the song is called "Autumn Leaves." Yes, "Autumn Leaves" is a perfect song to come out in November. Might not have the shelf life to last until May, and uh, they did 
revitalize it a little bit by announcing that the group Blackstreet was going to be the backing vocalists, seemingly out of nowhere, like to the point where it's just mm-hmm. like, does Blackstreet know that does, they're does doing Blackstreet this? Know? Uh, which, uh, fun story. So recently at work, Blackstreet popped up in conversation and I did stop myself from mentioning, oh yeah, they were the they were the backing singers for a Eurovision group a couple years ago yeah. because <laughs> no one in my office really needs to know that. Yeah, yeah. That's the main thing I remember about this entry is that, oh yeah, Blackstreet was the, was the backing vocalist for reasons unknown yeah i was looking up black street for another re- i think I, I think another podcast was talking about no diggity and uh just other hits from what was that wow was that mid 90s we're old yeah, yeah that's about uh, that. <laughs> but yeah just looking at it and seeing the lineup it wasn't the nobody from the original lineup of black street was in the iteration that was performing uh at eurovision which it was kind of a downer when I found that out, but uh, oh, yeah. yeah, so it made but it kind I, of all the more random. But I, I I do love that the group has lasted long enough that the version touring right now is none of the original members. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like I just I just saw on on Facebook in the in the Who Weekly group someone posting uh, a poster showing like a '90s nostalgia tour mm-hmm. uh, where one of the acts is is listed as in small letters above above the main act's name, Jen from Ace of Base. <laughs> where it's like well we she's not technically allowed to use the name on her own mm-hmm. uh but she does need to remind you uh what band she's from right yeah yeah <laughs> you know or just any the- any time where you have like one of those vocal groups where when you look at their chart of membership on wikipedia and there's just sort of here's the first three and here's here's the current ones mm-hmm. slowly getting filtered in that happened to me when i did a write-up of the lifetime movie and en vogue christmas it was a good movie but uh i think it was only like one original member from the group and i hope you like the song free your mind because that was the only one that lifetime because, could clear because so. <laughs> that is the one that we have paid for uh. oh but but yeah i mean go, go, getting back to autumn leaves it's still a really pretty song and it still gets me in the feels uh hearing it so Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and really, like, 2015 is one of my least favorite contests, so it was a little difficult to come up with a song from this list, and it's like, oh, I'm very comfortable with this choice. Uh, what what was your choice? So this one, I picked Portugal's entry from that year, mm. uh, Leonor Andrade's How Marque No Separa. Going back to the 2015 entries, well, and specifically the subset of the entries that did not make it through, I had completely forgotten about this one. It's gorgeous. Absolutely. And, like, I'm wondering if it suffered kind of the same issue that some of the other songs we've talked about, where it's it's more of, like, a just, like, a big mood piece. Mm. And there have been a few of those that have worked in more recent years, and it just wasn't what 2015 wanted. I think that makes a lot of sense. This was the first entry from portugal uh since i started following the contest where i was just like oh portugal i i'm a, I'm a fan and yeah mm-hmm. like it, it won yes. me over and portugal is usually pretty unconventional uh when it comes yeah. to eurovision but i was just about to say portugal is another one of those countries that marches to the beat of their own drum i remember really liking their 2012 entry like once we get down there like i think they were very close to making it there mm-hmm. and it's another one where it's kind of where it's like a this one is is less folky but they tend to, like, every so often they tend to send an entry like this where it's just really, really pretty. And I think uh, looking at the entry that they sent uh, the year that they were hosting, 
uh, has kind of the same kind of vibe of being very much like a mood piece, very much kind of just sort of spending three minutes deep in sound. Yeah. Yeah. And like the harmonies on this one are gorgeous. And like the the only issue that I have with the song is that it just kind of stops where it's just like, oh, it's three minutes. Yeah. Uh-oh. And like it, it just hits the brakes. It's like, oh, okay. Like it just doesn't reach a natural conclusion, but mm-hmm. I like this pick a lot. So <laughs> that's enough time of 2015 a year that that we both kind of had had interesting reactions to. Mm. So let's talk about 2014. Yes, because uh, I've been thinking about it a lot, and I think it's one of my favorite years when the Danish hosted. Just a lot of good stuff going on there, and a lot of my favorites from that year made the contest. Yeah, made the final. So going back through the stuff that didn't quite make it was interesting. Uh, I ended up going with Albania's entry from that year, mm. uh, Hersi Matmuja's One Night's Anger. And one thing I remember from this entry is that 2014 was the year that all the postcards were when they asked the artist to make a representation of their flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the main thing I remember is that Harris Matmuja gets a tattoo of the the bird that is on Albania's flag, like gets like a big back tattoo of that. And then they put like a red gel just like on that. And then it's like, here, here's our flag. That is dedication uh, like this, to the cause. So. Yeah, like that's dedication. That That is a level of commitment for the contest that you do not need to do. You could just do like a temporary tattoo heresy. And for, for all we know, that it, it was not actually a, a real tattoo needle. Uh, has anybody done aware of they now about this? Uh, no, but I think that should be on us. So. <laughs> ring, ring. Hello, Hersey Matmuja. Yeah. It's the Euro. What? We're a podcast in America. Do you still have a back tattoo? Yes, I'll hold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So Albania's, what Albania picks is not always to my liking. And one thing that they tend to do that I think does not always work for them and that I think they have been learning in recent years does not always work. They pick an entry and then they figure out what the English lyrics are for it. Mm -hmm. And this one is admittedly wordy because they try to keep the same kind of patter that this has. And I I think it's the reason it maybe failed is that it's a bit wordy for its own good. Yeah. But just the way that this song builds is so nice. And she also has a really beautiful tone to her voice. Yes. And Albania is one of my favorites. Uh, like, I, I've al- always supported them, even though I, I do agree that some of the choices that they've made uh, feel kind of like concessions. Where it's like, well, if you want to do well at Eurovision, you got to translate it to English. And it's like, no, you don't. And No, you uh, don't. Just send a pretty song. Yeah. Just send a good song and stage it well. Yeah, I think this is a good choice. And, and I had trouble with choosing uh, a song for the 2014 because i also like a lot of the songs that i liked did make it to the final and this was a solid crop from the entire field uh and the one that i went with is lithuania's entry from vilia uh called attention i'm gonna make you make you fall down 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 i'm gonna make you make you fall down 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 This song is such mic nip. I don't know. <laughs> read, read into that what you will about like my taste level. I don't care. But um, yeah, there's just just the sort of like power, ridiculous, synth, over synthesized anger at, at 
mm-hmm. at the world that <laughs> it's just like okay it's kind of ridiculous but the lead into the chorus where uh she's just saying like i'm gonna make you make you fall down to down down on your knees like that is very difficult to execute particularly in a format like eurovision where it's just like yeah just like the breath control to deliver that that sort of line reading that is just vocally impressive what was less impressive was what uh vilia was wearing at the contest (laughs) Um, yes so i go to a bad movie night in my area called trash night and one of the people who runs trash night also watches eurovision which is great because i'll see their tweets on twitter around the same time we're really thinking about the contest Mm -hmm. the one thing that i remember about lithuania's entry is from 2014 is his specific comment about it where it's whoever did lithuania's costuming appears to have drawn inspo from very heavily from third-party handspring visor accessories mm, yeah and like the, if you google like third-party handspring visor accessories you're like yes that is exactly the color scheme here yeah yeah uh the the note that i had was uh leather avatar ballerina uh, where it's like she's wearing this tutu that kind of looks like the output of a, an unconventional materials challenge on Project Runway. But then like these blue, I guess I guess it was like fishnets with these blue tights that were like the color of the characters from Avatar. It was a lot of choices all all made at mm-hmm. once. Um, it was it was the Barbara Dex winner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I like I I kind of like I think uh, whatever part of my brain uh, indexes Eurovision entries sticks this one next to uh, their 2016 entry that we kind of briefly mentioned. Mm. In that there are a lot of choices happening at the same time, and some of them work together. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I I understand why this did not advance, but it's it's just my jam i i mm-hmm. i love it and it works great as an alarm clock like whenever whenever i have to wake up super super early like to catch a morning flight or buy eurovision tickets because of time zones uh <laughs> i will usually use this one because it just starts out with attention <laughs> yes. just like i'm up i'm up yes. so yeah <laughs> uh, all right so let's move on to 2013 and uh, my choice uh, is Montenegro uh, making another visit. Uh, this time it is Husi with the song Igranka. <laughs> I still think it's a crime that this did not advance. Like, this was just such a fantastic song. And I think it was just the performance choice might have been a little too much. Uh, This was the one where they were trying to be the first band on the moon. So they were both wearing, uh, both of the rappers were wearing spacesuits. My theory is like because of the, like, the space helmets they weren't able to hear each other as well. And so there was a little bit of not quite stepping on each other's lines, but maybe maybe like being a little too cautious to make sure they weren't stepping on each other's lines and just not able to fully commit to the delivery because they were also like having difficulty moving around because they are wearing space suits. They're wearing spacesuits. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean th- this this song is fantastic. And it, granted, rap does not have a history of doing well at Eurovision, and it it really does not. This was a fantastic entry, and 
one of the reasons why you should be paying attention to Montenegro. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I think this ties into just Montenegro's history of of interesting choices at the contest mm-hmm. when they when they when they can participate. Yes, I don't. Like, this is one that I remember distinctly disliking a lot in the when it was when it first came out. But over time, and particularly over the last you know six years, my my musical tastes have widened, and I've gone back to this one. and I really like it. Yeah. Like it, it is. It is a different flavor of Eurovision, and that is that is delightful to me now. Yeah, especially since like 2013 was uh like the year of dubstep at Eurovision, and this is kind mm-hmm. of dubstep adjacent, but it's kind of sidestepping the cliches that just make me like, oh, dubstep, and it's like, oh no, this is like this is doing stuff well, and this is how to do this correctly at Eurovision. Yeah, just thinking about Montenegro at the competition, I like. I like Slavko and and Husi mm-hmm. Montenegro. I I more so than uh than this year's entry. Right. Yeah. Although, where, where, like, go, go like ahead. This year's entry had its own had it, had its own things about it, but like it felt more traditional, and I don't like when Montenegro goes traditional. It turns out. Yeah, but there's still a charm about it like yes. i mean it's like the, the kids were wholesome and it's like, they were oh, wholesome and there were six of them yeah and like they, so many i i think they had fun they looked like they yeah. were having a good time <laughs> except for the like one person who was not comfortable with the choreography at all <laughs> but uh i'm just but, picturing both of us in t-shirts i just hope everybody's having fun yes yeah <laughs> why can't they all win <laughs> like, <laughs> can we make t-shirts for next year's contest that just say i just hope everyone has fun yeah <laughs> why yes i am a mom from minnesota why do you ask <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> i mean we laugh but like if we do we do that and all of a sudden oh man they cut to us yeah yeah dang it <laughs> um speaking of mom speaking of minnesota. the contest mom from yeah. minnesota who has fun um valentina Minetta has represented san marino four dang times this decade oh four times god bless four times uh. it, yeah like honestly like San Marino, you do not have to. Uh, the one time that she has gone through to the to the final, it was not my favorite song. No. <laughs> uh, uh, the the first okay. So the first time that she came to the contest, she came with the social network song, and we all laughed at that correctly because that was a very silly song. Although now, in hindsight, it, she the, was the right. things it's saying about Facebook <laughs> are now valid criticisms. It's like a weird sort of a Black Mirror thing where you go back to this one and go, this was correct, mm-hmm. and I hate that it's correct. I am in this picture, and I do not like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was the first time. The third time that she represented San Marino, she got through, and the song was okay. It was not my favorite song. Uh, the fourth time she represented them, uh, it reminded me of the Piazzadora movie, uh, Invasion of the Rock Aliens, and it was just, it was bad. It was bad, just her and the the one guy doing doing like a weird version of When the Rain Begins to Fall by by Piazzadora and Jermaine Jackson mm-hmm. did not do it for me. Hard disagree, but go on. <laughs> Look, that's why there are two of us on this mm-hmm. show. <laughs> the one time I thought she should have gone through the final uh, was was with Crystallide, her her entry from 2013. I like the way this song builds. This song builds nicely to kind of it takes its time, goes through a couple dramatic verses, and then and then like does like the fun up tempo bit at the end. This song feels like an apology for the year before, and was like, no, this is why we picked Valentina Moneta. Of her four entries, I think I would put this as number one. 
Um, I might put Social Network Song as number two. Like, it's a tie between that and the one from 2017. And the one that she qualified for is like, yeah, that that is my least favorite. Like, maybe, maybe not. I love the sort of mixture of genre. And I felt like where this ended up failing was in the staging. Like, I think when mm-hmm. it gets to the up-tempo part, they really needed to do something that was kind of reminiscent of the uh, Diana Ross in Central Park concert where there's like the giant storm that came through and there's just uh she's wearing this like red billowy dress and the wind is coming through and it's just like if if you've not seen the images from this it's like an amazing Mm -hmm. like just an amazing visual and i think they needed to do something of like probably not of that grandeur but more in that direction it needed to go from zero to 60 and it didn't. Right. Yeah. And it's like, or at least do something interesting with the lighting. Like they, they just, it just stayed flat in that uptempo part. But I, I remember uh, I was on a business trip the day of that uh, semifinal. And so I was in the air when the semifinal was happening. And as soon as I landed, like turned on my phone, it's like, I got to see the results, got to see the results. And then saw that San Marino didn't qualify. And I was absolutely gutted that that happened. Just like, but. It was so good. What happened? But, but, and, yeah. but they sent her again with a good song this time. It, it, it was disappointing. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad that you chose this one because, yeah, this this one definitely deserves recognition. And Yes. Uh, hashtag justice for Valentina Moneta. Yes. And who knows? Maybe she'll be in the Netherlands. I, I wouldn't put it past. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past uh, San Marino since they don't have that Honestly, many people if, to choose if, from. <laughs> if Team San Marino is sitting in a conference room right now going, OK, so what's worked for us? Yeah. The Valentine. internet loves Sir Hot. He has said no already. Yeah. Who else can we talk to? Yeah. And we have 32 people in the nation, and we have to send at least six of them as the jury. Uh, who do we have left? I don't know. They could get that Valentina Sir Hot duet happening. Oh, that would be I'm just, magic. I'm just thinking so. of like a, like one of those big uh, bingo thingies where you have all the balls, and they have the name of everybody in, oh, yeah. in San Marino <laughs> in it. And like two-thirds of them say Valentina Moneta on them just, just to kind of rig it yeah yeah <laughs> well, let's give the wheel a spin well we've drawn valentina Minetta for the fifth time yeah. so Fingers the lotto crossed. machine doesn't lie yeah <laughs> okay so let's go back to 2012 yes this was the azerbaijan year this one kind of got dominated by by Lorene. yes and <laughs> just from the tone of your like, I, I can hear how you feel about that song in your voice it's I, fine it's it, it's I, I i argue it's still it's it's very much in line with kind of the first half of what was going on in that decade for eurovision it it still holds up looking at what didn't qualify was was kind of interesting i keep looking at the first part of that decade and getting really into the the entries that went hard on the folk side of things because mm-hmm. the song I ended up picking up was finland's entry from that year pernilla carlson's naryag blundar Finland has made some some interesting choices in this decade, and not all of them have worked. True. Many of them haven't worked. Yeah. But this one is just... It's just pretty. Yes. It's pretty, and I liked the staging where there's just, like, her and a dancer. Yeah, I remember writing about this one, and I think I think at the time, this one was 
in my top three for 2012. And it's like, oh, such a beautiful song. But man, oh man, is it going to hit the steamroller of euphoria and of, the Russian of, grannies and yeah i mean it's yeah. just i mean part of it is like the the even though the song is from finland the lyrics are in swedish and it's like oh yeah that's that's not going to be a differentiating factor for you this year and yeah i think it was just beautiful song just not the right year for it and yeah yeah but when i saw that you had picked this one it's like oh yeah that entry oh i'm so glad ben picked mm-hmm. that one so <laughs> well i think i had the same reaction to to the one that you picked oh really too. was what was, was oh yay mike picked that one because i think that one was on my short list for this oh, year. okay cool yeah uh so my pick is from belarus it is light sounds we are the heroes boy i was standing in my way we'll make it through the day because we are the winners so this was another entry that was kind of an inspiration for this particular episode because i'm I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that this is one of the most underrated songs of this decade I think it is a fantastic rock song. I think the instrumentation Mm -hmm. is awesome. I think the harmonies are on point. I think the problem that happened was uh, this was not Belarus's original entry for 2012. And uh, it it was a replacement selection. And they just didn't have enough time to come up with a super compelling performance. They did this uh, really nifty thing where, like, they were using those, not gravity boots, but the, the the boots were, like, you're magnetized to the floor and then you're able to, like, lean your body, like, 60 degrees forward and then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, not fall over. But, like, if you watch the stage performance of it, there's that cool gimmick, but, like, there's not really anything else happening on stage. And I think if they had the time to come up with a more comprehensive performance and really showcase this song belarus would have done very well like they they wouldn't have won like nobody was going to beat euphoria <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah but they could have at least made the final so that everybody could have seen like the real sweet like chainmail tank top the the lead singer had going on mm-hmm. yeah but this is one of my favorite entries from the past 10 years oh yeah no i i completely agree uh i love i love the harmonies on this one the lyrics are cheesy but in like a good cheesy rock song kind of a way i don't know i'm just a, i'm just a fan yeah i, th- I think it is it's just a victim of circumstance more than anything else we're almost at the end of the decade. We're down to... We uh, are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 2011. And my pick for that is another rockish entry. It's Albania's Orella Gatze with Feel the Passion. I don't believe in guilty pleasures as a concept. Like, if you like something, just own that you like it, and it's fine. Yeah, I'm completely the same way. Just like the things that you like. But if I were to subscribe to guilty pleasures, I think this checks a lot of those boxes. (laughs) Like, it's just, like, over-the-top vocals, like, over-the-top emoting of every single note, pyrotechnics, uh, like, she was wearing glitter makeup. Like, everything about this was just, like, bombast and power and kind of cheesy and this this is another case of albania doing an english translation which i think this translation 
it was at least coherent. Uh, I, I mm-hmm. think some of their translations haven't really fallen into that realm. Um, yeah. Like, this is a song where, like, the original version is awesome. The the Eurovision version is awesome. Looking up tracks for this episode, I found a jazz version that she did. That one's awesome, too. Like, I, I think it's a very solid song, even if it is kind of goofy. <laughs> and it's Mike Nip, so... Uh, that, mm-hmm. that 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 is why I chose it because 2011 was another year where it was just a solid crop of songs. Like it was a very solid field, and I think a lot of the songs that deserved to advance did advance. So it was it was kind of tough mm-hmm. to pick one didn't make it because it's like oh yeah most most of them made it. Just so so many of the things that I liked did. Yeah. So what um, what was your pick? My pick was Bulgaria's entry from that year. Uh, Poly Genova's Not E Not. I picked this one is when Bulgaria came back to the contest a few years ago and announced that they had a Polygenova song. I got super hyped because mm. I liked her last one. Yeah. I was real disappointed this one didn't get through because like it's it's very powerful. It's got like a, a nice up tempo. I don't know, it's just uplifting. Yep. She had like a great performance. I think when she came back for them, I think the performance was a little stronger, but this still kind of had shades of what we would see when when they came back and did very well. Yeah, I I, mm-hmm. I think her vocal on this one is great and sort of allows for seeing the amount of growth that has happened between 2011 and when she uh, competed again in 2016. Well, I think part of that is uh, if Love or a Crime felt very much on trend with what was happening in pop then, so mm-hmm. it was maybe just a, a matter of, okay, we really like this vocalist. Let's actually, let's get some writers in the room who who are who are doing things that are current and that match what is happening on radio and that was just the what was needed for success yes good job bulgaria <laughs> okay so we are back in 2010 Woo. yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I, it's I don't so know, long like, ago the, it's just like i have no memory of this place it's uh. so long yeah like the, yeah the main thing just from working on this episode of the series was like oh my gosh i've been watching the, i've been watching eurovision for like 10 years mm-hmm. 10 years yeah we can't talk about josh Rubervi and his poor backing singers who were off key uh singing that sounds good to me but we can talk about finland's entry which i picked before realizing that i would have to try and say their name during our program uh this is kunkris kayat tilki ela <laughs> This one is another one of of just digging in hard on the folk music side of things because I love that this feels like something where you would you could go to like a folk music night and learn the the general melody of this song and then get to clap along because mm-hmm. this one has just this one just builds nicely and it's clearly telling a story and I don't know what that story is and like the fact that like they have the accordions on stage with them and are just doing it it everybody is having fun everybody is enjoying it i don't know if it's just like a, a strong crop of entries where this i think because i think this placed 11th mm. like this was very very nearly in the final and it it just delights me 2010 was an interesting like kind of transition year like it felt like there was a lot more music traditions model un happening at eurovision mm-hmm. that we don't quite get as much of in recent years mm-hmm. that kind of lines up with what i chose uh which was uh slovakia's entry from christina Hohra-Hromni. <laughs> 
sort of. That is a terrible pronunciation of that word. Yeah, but... yeah just like just yeah. bang up job, yeah. Mike and Ben, on picking two entries for the last one. Yeah, <laughs> like... yeah. Well, okay. So the reason why I picked this one is every time that I hear it uh, come up on my playlist, and it, it does come up kind of frequently because it does have a little bit of a dance beat. And every time I hear it, it's like, oh, right, this one made it to the final. It did not make it to the final. Slovakia has never made it to the final. That is one of the reasons why they don't participate, because there is, like, just zero interest in the country. <laughs> uh, just like, Yeah, we, we just, no, no thank we you. We do a I, bad job, uh, and we don't like doing a bad job, so we don't participate. Yeah, I think this one, it, it still holds up. It kind of reminds me of the Pure Moods CD from, mm-hmm. like, the mid to late 90s, which was right when I was starting high school. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like, everybody's listening to that. And, like, it was in every commercial break on VH one oh <laughs> and uh yeah like this song would totally fit in with that compilation yeah just like right between tubular bells and orinoco flow exactly yes i think it's fine and it, it's also tricky just because with 2010 that was the first contest that i watched but it i did not cover it as extensively as 2011 onward so my familiarity with the 2010 contest made it a little difficult and it's just like oh i don't recognize a lot of these songs but this was one that like always stands out and i think also part of it is like it does have a title in a foreign language so that that will make it stand out more than like is it an angel or like something like that mm-hmm. is it a wolf <laughs> yeah the, 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 that will be like words slightly more distinguishable than one of the 12 identical entries titled shine exactly yes so it'd be great to see slovakia back at the contest at some point i don't like do not hold your breath uh we yeah (laughs) no yeah and i i would recommend including this song in a new year's eve playlist to get the night started yeah like this one i i liked going back to it because i'd forgotten it felt kind of folky but i'd forgotten that had like a a good backbeat to it as well Mm -hmm. and we will have a playlist of all of our selections on our spotify if you just do a search for the euro what podcast uh, you'll find playlists for this episode and the last several episodes that we've done Uh, it's a new thing that we're doing just to make this more music oriented because it's a music podcast but (laughs) it's, it's a music podcast and also i feel like i go down weird rabbit holes when trying to describe these songs so it's nice to stick all of those in one place yes yes it's just like just send the link to somebody be like here this this is what i mean but i think that's going to do it for this episode of the euro what thanks for listening the euro what podcast is hosted by mike mccomb that's me and ben smith that's me you can find us on our website at eurowhat.com and on social media at eurowhat we'd love to hear what non-qualifiers are your favorites and what you would like to add to this list you can subscribe to the Euro What on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make a New Year's resolution to get a friend to subscribe to the Euro What. Have a safe and happy New Year. We'll be back next week to try to make sense of what's new in Eurovision. 2020, y'all. Woo!